Warning, this episode contains mature language, adult situations, giant mecha, confused gender issues, spaceships, Obama, and soda pop. Listener discretion is advised. Boy Meets Girl, The Ultimate Gender War. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review Podcast. I'm your host, Zan. How you doing today? Hope you're doing pretty good. I'm just chilling out, relaxing, you know. Work's been kind of rough. I've been working one night, then a morning, then a midnight. So I've been all over the place. I'm surprised I'm even up at this point. I should be sleeping, but that's neither here nor there. For those of you who are just listening for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin is a society that provides information and reviews about manga. Pretty much what that means is every episode I'll review one or two manga, depending on the situation and or if I have a co-host. 
And what happens is that I'll give you, you know, I'll tell you about the creators and just some of the plot and if it's even worth reading. That way you don't go to the bookstore and you see a title and say, hey, this manga looks really cool and you pick it up and it sucks. I'll tell you if it's even worth reading. You don't have to believe anything I say, but I give you a little bit of knowledge on if a series is even worth checking out or not. And I'll tell you about new series you've never even probably heard of. So, without further ado, for my old listeners, welcome. Hope you're doing good. And if you go to the website, spirekin.podbean.com, you can check out some of the pictures from my adventures in Las Vegas. There's some really cool pictures up. Uh, I know I just talked really fast about it. You'd probably want to hear what I was up to in Las Vegas. Well, not much. Check out the pictures, and I'll tell everything for you. And that's been a week behind. So, that, neither way, that's neither here nor there. You've come specifically for manga-related news and other things. So, what else is new with me? Well, we have a couple promos up on the website. We have the second official Spyarkin Manga Review promo, and I have a promo which was made by Kent from Up a Paddle. It's pretty cool, and I really enjoyed it. It's definitely worth checking out, and I love the new version of The Wheel of Manga. It was truly unique and truly different, and I give kudos to him for creating that. Ha uh, well, should I put it in here? No, I'm not going to. Just go to the website and check it out. It's worth checking out. Also, we do have the wonderful and illustrious fact that I'm going to be at Anime Next in Somerset, New Jersey next week. And if you can find me, I'll be there for all three days. And if you find me, you get a poster, a t-shirt, or a free manga, depending on my mood or setting, you know, my mentality, and if I even have it in stock. And hey, it's a cool way to meet you the man himself, Zan, or you can meet some of the other people. I believe Bell Chan may be coming along, or the mysterious Blank Man. We haven't revealed him yet. He's supposed to be coming on in the later episode. But that's just between you and me. Shh. Ah, so either way, I'm done babbling, I think. It's been maybe six minutes, give or take, I don't know. So let me get on with the news. I'm a little behind on news, because... Last week, I just kind of was like, nope, no news. So, some of this stuff is older, but a lot of stuff is still important for the times. So, let's start off with the topic. Now, first news item of the day is that earlier this month, singer-songwriter Hikaru Utada, who, if you don't know who she is, why are you even listening? She's a J-pop singer who's awesome, and she created most of the music from Kingdom Hearts. But she's the first Japanese musician to have a top 100 album on America's Billboard 200 chart in over two decades, since 1986. And the album, this is the one, is currently debuting at number 69. In its actual physical CD, you can actually get it in music stores. Well, like FYE, Best Buy, I'm not sure about, but or Amazon, but it's a pretty cool CD. I really enjoyed it. I might put it on a, a supplemental and play a couple of tracks from it, the album is awesome. You have to check it out and support this so we can get more Hikaru Tata stuff. Anyway, next topic is not a manga-related thing. As you notice, I'm not going to have a couple of manga-related stuff, only a few things. There's some other stuff going on. Like, this one is a little cool. 7-Eleven, a convenience store chain which we all know and love, I love it for their Slurpees, is offering Domo-kun Slurpees in October. No, they're not taking Domo-kun and putting them into a blender and making a Slurpee out of them. It's going to be a red apple flavored Slurpee that's in an exclusive brown cup which has his fur on it and they're trying to make it work but that's pretty cool. It's going to have, you know, a Domo-kun attack drinks and all this other stuff and Domo is awesome. I mean, he's weird as shit but he is awesome. And if you don't know who Domo-kun is, there'll be a picture up on the 
website itself, spirekin.podbean.com, and also in the show notes. You can check those out if you click on your iPod or your MP3 player three times. It'll have all the contents and notes I left on there. Okay, so next spot of news is kind of depressing and sad. Now, there's a new anime which was released called Goon Saga, which is based on a very old-school novel, which was created by Karu Kirimoto. Unfortunately, Karu Kirimoto passed away the 26th of May at around 7.18 p.m., and unfortunately, she died due to pancreatic cancer, and it's kind of sad because her books are really cool. She's a really good novelist. She was, anyway. So... She's survived by her husband, Kiyoshi Imoko, and she was 56. So that's kind of sad and depressing. Alright, so let's up the happiness level a little bit on this. Next one's pretty cool. Hayao Miyazaki is creating a manga sequel to Porco Rosso, or he's debating about it. And if you don't know, Porco Rosso is one of his older films. It's actually one of my personal favorites. It's about this guy who has a curse that turns him into a pig, and he flies airplanes, and there's violence, and it's pretty cool. And what's going to happen is that this sequel is going to be called Porco Rosso, The Last Sortie. And it's going to have Porco piloting this uh, Savoia Marchetti SM-79 bomber from Italy. And that's pretty cool. I think he found out about this from one of those aeronautical museums. Uh, for those who don't know, Hayao Miyazaki is a huge airplane buff. When he was younger, he used to actually live next to a, a manufacturing plant which made airplanes, and that's why if you look at most of his movies, if he has an airplane or machinery, you can see every nut, every bolt, everything in it. So, that's kind of cool. Okay, now on to some other non-anime news. Of course, this one's kind of, or non-manga news, rather. This one is a little bit cool and spiffy. Spike Spencer is officially back on Evangelion 1.0. So when it comes on DVD finally, Spike Spencer will be the voice of Shinji. And Allison Keith will be the voice of Misato. So some of the cast is returning for the re-release. Um, Wendy Lee isn't doing Ray, unfortunately, because they have a new director who's translating it. So the new voice actress will be Brina Palancia. I don't really know who she is, but I don't know if that's going to work or not, because I'm used to hearing Wendy Lee, but blarg. Anyway, enough of that, enough of that, enough of that. Now, the next topic is kind of for the plushy fans. Now, there's a manga out called Spice and Wolf. There Actually, it's been picked up by Del Rey, supposedly. I don't know if that's true or not. But the main character, Horo, is being made into a 36-inch puppet. Or actually, sorry, 14-inch puppet, 36-centimeter puppet which has interchangeable eyes, and she has a tail. And Horo is like a wolf god. It's a pretty cool series. I've been trying to get this on the Wheel of Manga, but unfortunately, Scully does not want me to review it yet. Soon I'll review it. Don't worry. Blarg. Okay, only three more topics left. Don't worry, I'm almost done babbling on and on. This next topic is about Mangwa. Now, you know I'm not a fan of Mangwa too much, but this is actually pretty cool. Now, according to some of the websites I've checked out. This South Korean publisher, Dasan Books, is creating a manga called The Obama Story. It's a series about Obama's life from when he was a little boy in Hawaii to the 2008 presidential election. And supposedly it's going to be released here from a New Jersey imprint store. So that is fucking hysterical. I mean, I want to read about Obama and how he was young. No, I don't. I don't want to read a bibliography or a biography about Obama. I voted for him, but he's Obama. Who cares? It's like, 
I didn't want to read a manga about George W. Bush or about Bill Clinton or about Abraham Lincoln or Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't want to read about these people. I, they're figures of the world who really I'm not interested in, unfortunately. I don't read biographies regularly, so if you're a biography fan, you'll love it. But I'm not too into that. This next topic makes me feel a little melancholy and sad, but happy at the same time. Now, if you remember a couple of episodes back, episode 50, I reviewed one of the greatest mangas by Toru Fujisawa, great teacher Onizuka, also known as GTO. And they released all the titles and all the mangas came out, unfortunately, which makes me kind of sad. Tokyo Pop released it and there was nothing left afterwards. I mean, you have the prequel series, Shonen Junior Gumai, or GTO, the early years, and then there's that rumored bad company which happened before that which is how Akichi met Ryuji but nothing really new the series ended and there was nothing left afterwards and that makes you kind of sad because Great Teacher Onizuka was such a unique and interesting character he was so insane and all the different things in his universe which happened made you want to read more and the ending was nice but you wanted more to happen well fear not local GTO fans there's a new series coming out by Toru Fujisawa Yep, it's been announced that he is releasing GTO, Shonen 14 Days, which Shonen meaning the area of Japan, the beach area where GTO Onizuka actually hung out and relaxed in. So this should be pretty cool. I mean, hopefully they'll bring back all the old school characters. I mean, like Uchi Yamada and uh, Tomoko and, of course, my personal favorite, Fujisawa Sensei, and maybe they'll even bring back Mirai and his mother complex. We'll see what happens with that, but it'll be worth reading. I hope it comes out before 2010. I really hope it does, because I want to read what happens next to Onizuka and his really fucked up universe and all the crazy shit he does. I want to see what the indestructible teacher does next. <sighs> now on to the final news item of the day. This one's kind of interesting or cool. Now, I reviewed the manga Beck. It's a pretty cool series. The ending was awesome, and I like music, and this was truly a great music manga. And it turns out they're making a live-action version of it. And the star of the manga-based film's absolute boyfriend, Hana Zakari no Kimitachi, and Lovely Complex, he is going to be starring in this remake of Beck. And it's going to have... If you don't remember from the earlier review I did of Beck, it's about five members who create this band that becomes known as Mongolian Chop Squad and all the insanity that occurs behind them actually becoming a band. Now, will this be similar to DMC, uh, Detroit Metal City, the live-action movie, which was a truly great adaption of a manga, or will it be like Dragon Ball, which is a horrible adaption of a manga? Have to wait and see. Ah, finally the news is done. Hooray, no more news. Yay. Ah, done with the news for this episode. There was so much I had to go over, you know. It's been just quite some time since I've done a news item, so I just had to pump it out for you. Anyway, I'm done babbling with that. And now let's get on with the review for the episode, because I know you've been waiting for that. And if you remember from the last episode, I spun the Wheel of Manga, and what it dictated unto me was that I'd be reviewing Vandred. Now this series is pretty cool because, unlike a lot of series I review, this is one of those adaption series where originally the anime came first and then they made the manga, instead of the manga came first, then they made the anime. So unfortunately, due to certain reasons, I will have to talk a lot about the anime. 
Sorry about that. I usually don't do this. Usually I talk more about the manga than the anime, but in this situation, the manga really just doesn't cover anything, so you don't have any knowledge of what the history is in this world, which is very unique and different. But first, let me get on with the basic information about it. Now, Vanjir was originally created by Takeshi Mori, and it came out around 2000, and it was released by Funimation, Genion, Pioneer, however you want to release it, and it is a gonzo show, even though I do like it. The manga was illustrated by Taketsu Akane, and it was released by Kotakawa Shoten. There's three volumes, and I think we get one. I don't know when it's coming out. They say it's coming out, but who knows. And it is an adventure, action, comedy, philosophical debate, sci-fi, mecha, romance, shonen. And the whole premise of Vanjir, which the manga doesn't cover at all, is it's about a universe where two planets are at war, Majeral and Tarek. Now, Tarek is this very desolate planet where everything is built by hand, and it's very manpowered. Pardon the pun, I've kind of given a spoiler, but everything is not elegant. Everything has a function and a purpose. There are no entertainment values. There is nothing that is used for fun. It is you work, you eat, you sleep. And they're at war with a planet called Majeral. And the whole deal is that they have convinced themselves, the current generation, which is three generations from, have been convinced that Majeral is this evil evil soulless group of beings who are there to eat their souls and steal all their bodily fluids and subjugate them and eat their livers and do truly horrific things to them but with the power of the Tarakian army we shall conquer them all and destroy everything and all invaders and rule them all and defeat them and preserve our Tarakian way of life almost like a very strange militaristic dictatorship is what Turok is. On the other hand, Majeral is very elegant. It's colorful, it has lots of plants, and lots of advanced technology. Whereas in Tarek, where everything was pretty much built for a specific purpose, they have a lot of just very exorbitant and just useless things on Majeral, and everything has four functions besides being whatever it is. For example, we need to make a, a weapon up to save ourselves. Okay, let's make a gun. But this gun isn't pretty enough. Let's make it smaller, more functional. Let's make it into a ring. Yes, a ring gun. It looks like a ring. It's pretty. It's fashionable. But it'll kill things on instant. Yay! And I don't want to fight the big foolish man, so let's make something a little bit easier, a little bit more long distance, so I don't have to dirty myself or ruin things because I'm in a fight. So let's make something a little more far away. So... As you can guess, the Majeral are much more far away contact people. If they're going to fight you, they're going to shoot you with something or blow you up. Well, Tarek will get in your face and beat the shit out of you and gut you right then and there. Now, the average Tarak and Majeral don't know why they're at war, but it sums up that long, long time ago, they were one colonization ship, and due to certain issues, the ship split in half. One group took one part of the ship, moved to Tarak, and moved there. The more advanced part went to Majero, and they were there. And then moved there, and they colonized, and they got all the technology, and now apparently, you know, they're both with each other to get more stuff, but they don't really know that. And, and this has created the problem at hand, because there's one other issue which both groups have, which is, as you can probably guess from my slip-up earlier, Tarak is a planet of only men, and Majero is a planet only of women. 
Yes, I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, wait, but how do they populate themselves if they're over three generations old? It's kind of weird. Tarek uses a weird cloning process where they take two sets of DNA and then they make a new person out of it. That's how they create a new person. While on the other hand, Majeral is more like, okay, we're going to take DNA from you and we're going to inject it into an egg and then we'll put in the person who's going to be the mother's womb and then they'll give birth to that person. They'll be a new individual person. So one is basically scientific manipulation of in vitro and the other one is a cloning process. And the series focuses on Habiki Takai, who is this, just this really short, of course you have to have a short main character, he is a third class citizen. This pretty much means that Habiki is at the bottom of the barrel. They treat him horribly because third class citizens are worthless. If you're first class, you'll get all the prestige you want. If you're middle class, you'll be a merchant or something. Third class, you're resigned to be pretty much a mechanic, which is what he is. But what he makes up for in his low stature and also his low status is that he's got a huge heart. He's got the heart of a warrior and the mind of a complete and other blittering idiot. In the anime there's this huge buildup of how he gets in the situation where he is, but in the manga pretty much besides him being a mechanic, he's also a pilot of one of the Vanguard ships, which are essentially giant high-tech humanoid robots, which are just really, really powerful and they use close-range swords and, well, chainsaws. They're pretty cool. And what happens is that he is on the ship and it's being attacked by a merciless Gerilyn pirate envoy who they're attacking them. And this envoy is being piloted by the evil Majeral pirates who are known as, well, of course, they're women. And they're using their very elegant ships to attack the ships and unfortunately Hibiki is the only one who could defend against them. And what happens is that as Hibiki is going to save the day, another ship, which is being piloted by one of the more rookie members of the pirate crew, Dita Labelli. Now she is a pretty typical female protagonist in any manga series, that she is this very bubbly, lively, happy-go-lucky girl that in anything she does she's just very happy about it. Even if it's a dire situation like they're in jail, she'd be like, everything's gonna be fine, don't worry about it, hee <laughs> And she's also very just strange. She's a lot more adult-like in the manga as opposed to in the anime series where she's very UFO-obsessed and a little... But she's different than all the other Majorians because she has a more simple standpoint towards the whole male-female thing and just is like, okay, whatever, they're just another person. And what happens is that she's one of the lower member pilots. She's a rookie still. And due to certain circumstances, well, end up... They kind of crash into each other and end up in the core of one of the older ships, which is weird. And this is where everything begins, because neither of them have seen someone from the other planet before, so it's kind of a culture shock. Because, as you can guess, hey, look, look at this, look at this. He's an alien, and what's that antenna under your, your legs? What is that for? Not knowing what the antenna is used for. But a lot of tit jokes are made where he's grabbing something saying, what's this? It feels squishy. <laughs> and he doesn't know what it is. And then here's where things diverse a little bit. The whole thing is about the relationship between Dita and Hibiki and them dealing with each other. And long story short, something happens and Hibiki ends up a member of the female pirate crew. So he's the only guy in this ship full of women. 
And since he's the enemy, pretty much they do the most logical thing. Even though Jita says, no problem, I'll show you to my friends and everything's going to be chipper and fine. And we're all going to get along fine. They immediately throw him into the brig. So he's in jail pretty much. And even though Dita tries to explain, he's a good alien. Everything's going to be fine and good and dandy. They don't listen to a word she says. And what happens is, since they're on the other side of the galaxy, they can't really get home anytime soon. And some invader shows up. And ironically, he's the only pilot they have because of some problem with the Pexis Pragma, which is the core of a battleship, which kind of, it's this weird, mysterious, godlike crystal entity, which protected itself by creating this wormhole, which sucked Habiki and the pirates and sent them to the other part of the galaxy. And it's fused the two ship parts together. And what happens is that since Habiki is the only real fighter they have because because of the ship realigning and fixing, he's their only defense. So they say, okay, here's the deal. We'll take let you out of the prison cell if you defend us with your vanguard. Okay, no problem. And he's fighting this weird new enemy which shows up to attack them. Which you really don't know what they are because in the manga it turns out it, well, it's set off by this mysterious enemy who wants to have this incident happen, which is that... Later on, it's discovered that these menacing ships are revealed to be actually cyborg ships, that there are human parts in them, and that there's this whole thing where there's a theory that there's this evil Prexis Praxis, which is trying to enslave humanity and blah. I like the original manga better when it was actually revealed that they were actually the original colonists of Earth, and they were harvesting people for various things, like Majero and Tarek were actually harvest plants for human sexual organs. There was another planet which was famous for their skin, another one for their hair, and that was cool. This is kind of... Anyway, back to the thing. What happens is that when they engage the enemy for the first time, as Habiki's fighting these evil invading monsters, Habiki starts off actually kicking ass and winning, and what happens is that the enemy ends up overtaking him and they're torturing him slowly and Dita because she actually cares about him and in the manga it even hints that she's in love with him and that they're destined to be together forever she ends up running to her ship which surprisingly is intact and perfectly fine and actually the ramp is clear for her Dita is able to get her ship freed and tries to save Hibiki because anyway her ship which is known as a dread because those are the for some reason, the ships which the pirates pilot are called Dreads. She goes to save the day, and her Dread combines with his Vanguard to become the Vandred, a giant, tall, super mecha robot. And unlike in the anime, it stays like the Vandred forever. It's just a giant mecha that they have to pilot together. Man and woman must put aside their differences to pilot this robot and save the day. <sighs> Either way... I will tell you my gripes about this series right now. Pretty much, compared to the anime, this really sucks. It, the art design for the Vandred itself is poorly done. It Because Vandred is actually, in the anime, it's a CGI creation. And that's one of the things I liked about the series. It was a good marriage of CGI and cell animation. And it combined to make a very good design and series. Meanwhile, in this... The design is very poor and it looks very out of place. It just looks kind of half-ass. It's an instant turn-off of it. It really is. And the fact that it's not like, oh, you can combine with this person or have different versions of the Vandred, like this Vandred will make this type of Vandred and then this one will make one that can go super fast and this one's super strong and this one has a super shield. 
it's just one Vandrid total. I know I shouldn't be comparing this to the anime, but unfortunately I cannot help to because I saw the anime is so much better than this. I mean, it has still the culture shock where Dita is trying to be with Habiki and he's trying to just deal with this whole awkward situation, but everyone gets along way too well. And it's just... It gets rid of all of the unique things that made Vandred what it was. Which was, you had one of the characters who's Jura, this very feminine and very buxom blonde who, she was very... She's a glory hound. And she wants to become popular and be famous first she was like well what can i do well he can make a vandred so if i combine with him he'll combine with my and we'll get, make the greatest vandred ever and what happens is her vandred looks ugly but it can protect an entire planet it's like the ultimate shield ship so she's kind of depressed by that but then later she says well what happens if since supposedly tarakians and majeros can copulate together we can make a baby so i'll become the first majeron to have a man's baby and that'll make me famous and in the, so her, she's very funny and she has a lot of comic relief in the series. But in the manga, it's like, okay, okay, she's just the fourth bridge operator. That's all she is and she hates men. We're going to get rid of all the comedy with her and just make her just this angry person who sits behind a desk. Which takes away from it and they make her girlfriend, or Barnett, they make her into this, well, guy chasing nut. So they say, okay, we're going to get rid of Jura, and we'll replace her with Barnett, a smaller character, and make her interested in Hibiki, and make her able to be the person who's going to convince Dita everything's going to be okay and everything's going to be alright. Then you take one of the more brutish and more compelling characters, Maya, who was this Amazonian-esque girl who was very, you know, I'm a woman in a man's world and I'm going to make my way. And she was this compelling character you had to love. I mean, she was detestful of men and really angry when Hibiki ever saved her. But she also had this very traumatic past and she was very claustrophobic. And she was truly interesting. And, you know, she wears this really cool mask on her face which you didn't really understand why she wore it. But she was pretty respectful and she was a unique character that everyone called chief and leader. And she was this person who was just very... You know, the typical enigma wrapped in present, wrapped in a conundrum, wrapped in blah. And what they did to Maya, well, Turn was a very strong character that was the leader of the squadron, and she was, she had a very interesting backstory. They said, let's get rid of it and just make her captain of the ship. Okay, so Maya's now captain of the ship, and, well, she'll just make a couple of statements here and there, and we'll leave her alone for a while. Why? Why are you going to do that to such a good character? I don't know. They did this to several other characters. Like, there's this one character named BC who was the actual assistant captain to the ship because the original captain, Magno, completely disappears. And she was a kind of important character because there's possibly that she was actually Hibiki's older sister, but that's neither here nor there. BC was this character who was, you know, this actual Tarakian spy who was a man who had a gender change and now he looked like a woman and he was spying on the Majorans. He actually was part of the crew when he was interesting. And then you have her turned into this, well, evil, maniacal, villainous character who's conspiring to take over the Vandred for herself for reasons which we don't understand or know. And I hated that about this. It just 
you take characters and you fuck with them that much? Come on. I mean, I can understand if the character's a complete departure, but this was just kind of, what the fuck were you thinking? Besides that, what can I say about this? I just, if you haven't seen the series, don't check this out. If you've seen Vandred, it's worth checking out maybe for shits and giggles, but what can I say? I can't say anything. The, the, the art style is very cartoonish. It looks alright, but it's missing so much. And I really want to talk more about Vandred, but this isn't an anime podcast, and I'm not going to go over the anime travesty, which is a manga. Some of the things I did like about the manga was I liked the fact that it was an interesting, unique, alternate story of the Vandred universe. It was poorly executed, but I liked what they did. I liked some of the drawings and some of the characters being realized on the manga page. I thought that was pretty cool. I also liked seeing just some of the more interesting things with the way that they did the ship. And I love the fact they actually have these little chibi forms which say, What is Pex's Praxis? What is Evandred? Why are Tarek and Majerl at war? I like that about it. But overall, I was very disappointed in this. You know, I mean, it's not atrocious. It's not like Bombos or worse, which is painful to read. But unfortunately, Vandred. I love you. I love your series. I love your concept. I love your soundtrack. And if you notice in the background, I've been playing the soundtrack just to give you a little bit of savior for the situation, which is this manga. I'm going to have to give you a rating of your typical reading material at your local correction facility or mental institution. This is this type of stuff that you only read if you have to. Like, if you're on a plane ride, you can read this, but... Huh. I heard there's also a light novel. Hopefully the light novel is better. And... Check out the anime series. I know it's a Gonzo series, and immediately like, Gonzo, no! But it was a good science fiction space opera, which had a lot of philosophical stuff in it, which I thought was really good. And all the anime... CG scenes are clearly rendered and they look really sophisticated and nice and they don't age badly. So check out the anime series. The anime series I definitely give a borrow from a friend. Don't return less over Pocky, but this manga series I have to give it. Typical reading material. It's It let me down so much. I was so happy to read this series and then I read it and I was like what are you doing? Why? But again, that's the problem of having high expectations. I gotta lower my expectations before I read this stuff so then it's interesting. Huh. Blarg. I don't know what else. I just don't know. I can't talk about Vandred anymore. I can't. It's making me angry and just all. wah. And all just crazy like. And all just nuts. Anyway. So. What else is new with the Spark and Manga Review? Not much. We have our contest coming up. The design, opening, closing, background music for the Spark and Manga Review. Design promo. Of course, we have our new promo, like I said, which was made by Kent from Up a Paddle. You can check that out. We have it. Actually, the, the link before this one will have the setting for it. You can check us out at spyrokin.podbean.com or spyrokin.rapboards.com where our forum's at. I'm also on iTunes. You can email me, spyrokin at gmail.com, for any questions, concerns, comments flames, anything. I'll take anything 
you can send me and I will respond immediately. I love talking to you guys. I love finding information about it and I love just bringing shit up and just bullshitting in general. What else? Also, you can check me out on Fightbit Anime Gaming Podcast. I'm occasionally a guest host. I haven't been on for the last couple of weeks, but I'll be back. What else? I'm also on Anime 3000. I write articles for them. I haven't been for the last two weeks because I'm still coming down from the awesomeness, which was the Vegas trip. And I believe that's all the real news I have. Oh, yes, one other thing. I have a debate on my hands. I'm wondering if I should bring back the supplemental for music aspects. Pretty much a lot of people loved my top 50 anime opening closing background musics of all time segment. So someone asked, hey Zan, could you bring that back or do something different? Well I can't do another top 50 list with music. It doesn't work. So what I've been doing instead is I'm thinking about making a supplemental segment which is called music to read your manga to. It's all J-pop and anime music and this is music that you use to, well, it adds ambiance, a nice setting to when you're reading a certain manga. Like for example, when I was reading Iron, there was a song I listened to during the entire last manga. And now every time I read that manga or I listen to that music, I will cry because of that music. It adds just such a nice element to it. Music can change things indefinitely. Like think about this, watch Jaws. Now mute Jaws and watch the scene with the Jaws coming to kill someone. When you add that bum 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 it makes your heart pump more. It makes you more scared and more just like, rah, when the event happens. If you added happy, chilly music, like if you added the Powerpuff Girl themes, you know, it just makes it weird and makes it not fit. Manga's the same way. When you're reading a manga, music could affect your mind and just add to it or make it better. It could also make it worse, but um, sort of, so I'm thinking about doing this segment. Tell me what you think about it. It might be a good idea, it might not be. Just email me, sparkin at gmail.com, or call me at 206-426-6665. That again is 206-426-MONK. You know, I want to hear from you, and I just want to see what you think about that idea. But we'll talk about that later. Of course, it's that time again. You know what time I'm speaking about. It's time for the one, the only, the, the wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Yes, my voice is getting shot, that's why I want a substitute. But anyway, so, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it and decorating skulls, hence Scully. And what happens is I've assigned 10 manga to the Wheel of Manga, and I'm going to spin them. The Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing for the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, which is episode 56. So let me spin the Wheel of Manga, see what number it's going to land on, and what I'm going to review for next episode. Nice. And I'll be reviewing. Oh, Parts Hunter. Oh, joy. Oh, Parts Hunter. Why? Oh, well, reading one of those long-ass series will maybe give me perspective. And Oh, Parts has seemed interesting. So, guess for the next episode I'm going to be reviewing Oh, Parts Hunter. And tell me what you think. Might do a good job, might not. I think that's it for this episode of the Spyrokin Manga View. There's not much else I can really talk about. Unless you want me to talk about random things like jury duty or stocks or bonds or I could just go on and on about my issues with well the new senator or I could talk about the fact that there's rumors that Texas wants to secede from the government but no we won't talk about those things this isn't a politics 
podcast. I'm not like Manga Pulse where it's going to go on and on, talk about just random things. I mean, sometimes I could go on a rant, but it's just me and it won't work. It'll just be me spouting my ideals to you. It's not me having a conversation with someone or a conversation with you. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this podcast. I really love doing it and I'm going to continue to do it. So, guess that's it for this episode of Spark and Manga Review. I'm your host, Zahn, and I am Gonsville. Go to the